What is your relationship with the word strategy? I feel like strategy is one of my favorite topics in the whole world because I feel like it's so misunderstood and understated, especially at that line between entrepreneurship and spirituality. A lot of people take strategy to mean, you know, using someone else's idea or framework and trying to fit it into your business or trying to fit your business into a structure that doesn't necessarily belong to it. But I think of strategy as like something that's really innate and embedded in everything. Everything is innately strategic. We as human beings are innately strategic. I think that even before we can even begin to ask the question of strategy, like what is it? Maybe we can even try to answer the questions, well, what is an idea? What is a dream, a breath, a song? What is the body? How does the body even move? How does the breath fill up the lungs? I think that all of life, all of this life is is held together by strategic processes that may be voluntary or involuntary, that all of this life is a mass orchestration of human existence and whether we are conscious of it or not, it all requires strategy. I don't think that strategy can be neatly explained away, but one of my favorite definitions of strategy is so simple. Strategy is simply what happens next. Strategy, there's no moral code to strategy. It's just the unfolding of everything. There's no right or wrong. There's no good or bad. There just is. And I believe that every possibility is encoded with its own unique strategy. Every human has within them as many strategies as they have possibilities. There's no definite structure. There's no definite finite order or framework through which all of strategy flows. Strategy is simply what happens next and is perhaps made alive only by our our awareness of it. So in this episode, I invite you to consider what strategy even is. What do you think when you hear the word strategy? Do you think that strategy can be magic? Is it tactical or can it be both? I believe that strategy puts us in direct relationship with the unimaginable and grants us the opportunity to see what is possible. Strategy is in everything and everyone is innately strategic. We just have to tap into what is our way of being strategic? What is our way of seeing the next step? steps forward. With strategy, we can tune into our bodies, tune into our own awareness and find those next steps hidden in our inner wisdom. I hope you enjoy this episode. To leave you with a quote from Deepak Chopra, all of nature is a symphony and we are a part of it. We are a part of the great unfolding of earth, the great unfolding of humanity, the great unfolding of life, and all of it is strategic. Enjoy this next episode where Davy and I have a beautiful conversation about what strategy even is, what it can be, our relationship to strategy as artists and entrepreneurs. Enjoy. Welcome to the Brave School Podcast. We explore the intersection between entrepreneurship, mysticism, and creative courage through human-centered curiosity and storytelling. This podcast is narrative medicine for the wild-hearted artist and entrepreneur who longs to show all the way up to their creative process. We hope you enjoy. So here we are. 
Here we are. Jay and Davey mm -hmm. taking sips from these cups. <laughs> Talking about my favorite topic in the entire world. Which is, drumroll. Strategy. <laughs> wow, so surprising. <laughs> I was a songwriter in a former life. <laughs> <laughs> really? Why'd you say that? I don't even, I don't get it. I mean, I just saying. Ooh, just, I'm just joking. Um, I'm, yeah, okay. I'm sorry. Hope y'all enjoyed that. Yikes. If you mm. want to hear the rest, you're just going to have to join my OnlyFans. See <laughs> how strategic that was? <laughs> yeah, right. In another life. Mm hmm. Another timeline, if you will. If you will. I may. Um, <laughs> and in this timeline, I may ask what do you, Dajay, think of when you hear the word strategy? Because mm. for me, you know, it's been very. <laughs> mm, it's been, you know, like, I think about where I come from in my little baby boy life and strategy hasn't sounded fun to me. It mm. hasn't sounded, you know, like something that like my free flowing um, in the now kind of vibe wants to even think about. Mm. Um, and then, you know, if you look at you know, most of my life and you look at my bank account, there might be a correlation there. So, um, <laughs> well, I yeah, think... I'd love to, for, for you to just talk about what you, like, what do you, what comes to mind immediately when you hear strategy? Yes. I, when I hear strategy, I hear magic mm. and I, I love that you shared that because I do think that there is a little bit of a core like a correlation that people have. Like if you're an artist, you're not strategic, or if you are like a Most wild card, you're like, you're not going to be the planner. And I just feel like that is such a like, maybe it's the Gemini in me, but mm. I feel like that is such like a false narrative that yeah. I actually think that a lot of artists are like really strategic and they're just strategic in their own way. Um, I know that when I, like a lot of people, when they think of the word strategy, they see the white male, young MBA, you know, person, <laughs> you know, getting their degree and getting their job at the local marketing firm, you know, 10 hours away from home. And they got paid a yeah. $50,000 bonus or whatever. I don't know if that's realistic, but um, I've never been a white male MBA, so I don't know. And they think of the, the little bitty briefcase <laughs> with the 30-page document that's the strategy that contains all the secrets of how we're going to succeed as a company. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like that is such a false narrative about strategy. The strategy yeah. is actually like this really beautiful, organic substance. It's it's like dark matter and you mm. can play with it. You can mold it. The, I think the creative process, yeah, the creative mm -hmm. process is strategy and all of this is, is transmutable energy that we are yeah. playing with. I think that strategy puts us in direct relationship with things that we didn't know that we could imagine. And it grants us the opportunity to take what we've imagined and bring it into reality. It's mm. such like strategies for magicians, <laughs> if you yeah. ask me. So I did. Yeah. <laughs> and I think um, <laughs> for me, yeah, you, you've really painted a picture that you know, is empowering for an artist. Cause I definitely, 
tend to, with my words, identify as an artist um, in this material plane. And I definitely, it's definitely like conditioning from my my world, my upbringing, that mm -hmm. makes me feel like I can't hold the two um, mm. and they, they can't be balanced. Um, but yes, I love and resonate. There's been a little bit of resistance at first just because of like, well, you know, you have to prove it to me, like show me, like, mm -hmm. and you have it's shown that me. one line. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That one line in my, my profile in human design and it's like, what, and I'm, I'm starting to see strategy is like everything that's happening is opportunity for strategy. Like it mm -hmm. is um, each breath, each moment, each thought is like just opportunity. Um, and as long as I personally, how I view it for myself is like, as long as I don't identify with it, mm -hmm. as long as I don't like say, this is me, then mm -hmm. the strategy becomes this useful thing it becomes this like invitation. Mm. Um, and so that's been helpful for me. Mm -hmm. I love that. Do you think that your association with strategy came from disparaging messages about what it means to be an artist? Like, did you grow up with like messages about like, if you're an artist, you're going to look like this and you're going to drive this kind of car and have these kinds of meals? Sure. You know, it wasn't really that for me. Mm -hmm. um, I I didn't like consciously identify with like the struggling artist archetype. Mm -hmm. It was more of like the way that I feel so fluid um, and creative is like so in the moment and it doesn't feel like I'm really like owning, like it's, it doesn't feel like David is taking hold of it. So like, mm. and for whatever reason, the correlation that I've had with strategy is I have to take hold of it. I mm. take hold. So like, okay, turning on my brain, my mind, which mm -hmm. I don't, which before, you know, I've associated with the ego and like, that's not a correlation that I make anymore. So there's just been negative correlations with, you know, this strategy and whereas the art and music specifically for me has been so now moment magical mm. and i just didn't think at f you know for a long time that they could be the same but you know when when, when i pull back the layers it's like music as a whole oh my god yes. is this one big strategy like it's just <laughs> like there's so many layers and it's mathematical and it's like the universe in this expression so yeah, I'm starting to fuck with it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that because I'm also an artist. And if you've yep. known me, like if you're someone in my life who has known me for the past 10 to 15 years, then you might feel confused that I even identify as a strategist because I'm definitely that like wild-hearted, untamed horse type of artist. I've joined the circus. I went on tour for a month with $400 in my bank account and sold both of my cameras to make that happen. I like, <laughs> I, you know, just totally reckless artist behavior. <laughs> sure. My life is marked by. And, you know, I, I had a lot of messages personally growing up of like, if you become an artist, this is what you're gonna, this is the car you're gonna drive. You're gonna be eating this food for a while. 
you're gonna be mm-hmm. living, you're gonna be living in this kind of house for a while. Like my mom would like drive around and be like, those are the kinds of cars that artists drive. And like the the backstory is that my dad's a professional artist. He's a percussionist right, right. and he's a producer. And he smokes a lot of weed and he's just this free-spirited, dread-headed man in Nashville. That's who he is. He's like a fucking fairy. And <laughs> And my mom's like, don't do that. Don't do it. Like, (laughs) You see this man? No. And here's the thing, though. You know the kind of car that my mom was pointing out? I definitely drove that car. (laughs) I drove (laughs) that car. I slept on the floor. My rent was $164 at one point, and I struggled to pay it. Like, I was definitely (laughs) all all the way there. And I was doing this as as a rebellion to the strategic side of me that had also, like, that was, like, my rebel year. 2019 was, like, the year everything fell to shit. I went to a lot of punk concerts. I discovered this wild voice side of me. Uh, that was really exciting and great because I didn't do that in high school or college. I never even went to a party in college. But um, yeah. you've talked about um, <laughs> this this wild boy before to me, and I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, can you just expound on that mm-hmm. just for the people? I don't know if you've talked about that before. Mm-mm. Yeah, I've talked about it at the story doula on my personal Instagram, but. I have, I feel like everybody has like archetypes inside of them. And one of my archetypes is this inner wild boy, just genderless, bald, tattooed, pierced being that Mm. runs around and is inspired and loves really deeply, loves nature, loves cycles, loves patterns, and is so fascinated by all of life. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like, it's, if you look at me and your your gaydar goes off, it's definitely my inner wild boy. It's one thousand percent, and I am gay, so there it is. <laughs> um, it. And yeah, she, he, they are just wild as fuck, honestly. And um, I've ha- I've come to have this relationship with my inner wild boy that's like can't do can't be that all the time okay Mm because that's how you do end up driving the car you know like literally quitting your corporate job okay this is this is the real true life story of like quitting my corporate job yeah and like then i don't know figuring it out from there for a year i had like my little year of wild boy nature And so much came out of that process. It was the most creative year I'd ever had. Mm. Um, I went on tour for a month. I, you know, did a lot of shows and it was beautiful. But also what I learned from that was that when I integrate this wildish nature, um, I find a balance to my creative process that allows me to bring dreams from the dream space into reality, which is strategy. Mm. Like, Mm. Because in that time, I developed this relationship with my dream space that was like sacred and holy and felt really good to just like be this imaginative being. But then there was like a part of me that was like, okay, I love myself too much to let myself go to waste. Like I've got to put down Mm. the American spirits. I got to stop drinking PBR every night. Um, Why? Why? (laughs) Are you asking me or are you asking me? I'm just proclaiming why <laughs> because why you're gonna kill yourself. Yeah. 
<laughs> why like, can't they be good mm-hmm. for me yeah i mean can we just mourn those for a second just for a second yeah i was screening this earlier this year it was a good time <clears throat> yeah mm-hmm. no regrets continue yeah um and i just realized that part of me is so good like in order to show up and and, and be in in my dreams be in my dharma which is like how I perceive my purpose, purposes, Hmm. I really do get to like allow and release, allow and release this cyclical framework of like being fully here um, and also being fully there at the same time, like embracing this in the the esoteric alert. um, We're going here for a second. (laughs) Embracing the fact that time um, has no meaning outside of the fact that the sun has a gravitational pull and the earth is revolving around it. And because the earth is revolving around it and, and the sun is hot and affects the elements on the earth, we age. We are submitted to the phenomena of time through age and, and heat and baking in the sun and like our bodies grow in these cyclical formats. And it's just, it's so fascinating that ultimately being in the present moment is, is also being in the future. And it's Mm. also being in the past because time basically is kind of irrelevant. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of the, where I've been able to find the fun in thinking about strategy, um, is the paradoxical nature of it. Like, like you're saying, like the now, like when I feel the like eternal now, when I, it's, it's this opportunity and the opportunity is the allowing and the releasing at the exact same time. It's like mm-hmm. outside of any, because it is cyclical, it's, you can find yourself at any point in it and identify with any point in it. As long as you don't say that's the totality of my identification. Um, right. And that's where I'm finding this. Yeah, it's exciting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's something in there in that for for me too. I, I really want to explore just a little bit just to tease it out because I talk to a lot of artists because it's my job to be with creative people and I love it. Mm. And we we all love this concept from from what I can understand of being in this now moment. Um, but. I I wonder too if there can be an over identification with what is now. Yeah. Right. Right. Because if if we are only here in in the now, right, we there's something that something about our relationship to anything atrophies. So there Mm. has to be like in my mind, there has to be this like almost this loose association, holding it loosely, the now moment, and realizing that what happens now affects the future. And eventually the future will become our now. Right, new now moments. Yeah. Yeah, and the now is, well, it's un, it truly is undefinable. Mm-hmm. Like that's when you experience it is when you let go 
of any sort of description, any sort of account, mm -hmm. um, no expectations. And I think that is the ultimate strategy. Mm -hmm. And that's where I really like it because it's so mm -hmm. paradoxical. It's like, as soon as I let go of any expectations, mm -hmm. I'm able to enter into this magic mm -hmm. and which the magic of this word strategy, which in other lanes and other areas would would most definitely be considered like the definition of having a definition of having an account of having expectations. Um, but it's, yeah, it's like, it's, it's like when people, you know, say it's like, it's meant to happen. And it's like, you have like this death grip, Mm -hmm. like it's meant to happen so it's gonna happen mm -hmm. and it's like yeah, I, no you don't don't tell me otherwise mm -hmm. and it's like this fearful thing but it's like no just like it's like you're holding a lover's hand mm -hmm. it's meant to happen you mm -hmm. know and it's like that is strategy to me it's like mm -hmm. i'm holding the hand because i i'm along for this wonderful journey but i can't if I squeeze it too much, mm -hmm. if I like try to define it too intensely, mm -hmm. who the fuck is going to want to hold my hand? Mm -hmm. Like, so, yeah. Yeah, I love that. And I, I agree with that because my relationship with strategy um, is probably a little bit more of like a corporate rebellion in some mm. ways because when I was in the corporate world, strategy was all about, can you guarantee that we're going to get the results that we're looking for? Yeah. Give so me. That we can meet our KPIs guarantee. and meet our, you know, have a healthy ROI, return on investment. And it's like, well, no, especially not with something like the internet. <laughs> I, I can't guarantee that you're going to get an outcome, but... What we can do is try these next few steps and experiment until we get enough of a consistent outcome to begin taking that strategy and making it into a process. Hmm. And once that process becomes consistent enough, we take that process and make it into a framework which that mm. framework actually becomes a tube or a channel through which you can flow other strategies and processes through. So it's not, it's, it, it really is kind of this, like, you got to wait and make sure that the pattern is checking out. Okay. Mm. And there's always going to be anomalies. There's always going to be outliers, right? You're, you're always going to have like the, this pandemic was an anomaly, an outlier, no one yeah. could have known that we would be going through this. So if you had a strategy for this past year that was created before you knew about the pandemic, your strategy didn't fail because there was an anomaly. It just means yeah. that you like you have the opportunity to be creative. You have right. an opportunity to dive into a creative process that allows you to, to breathe and shift your strategy to respond and that's what i think strategy is it's it's practically speaking it's just your next creative steps forward but how you do that is listening so yeah. in my mind it's like you get low to the ground you get low to the earth and you listen 
to what's already going on. You listen to the context. It's such an intuitive process. Mm-hmm. And then you build a, a toolkit of some kind. So for you as a musician, your toolkit is probably your instrument, your ability to to write songs and poetry, your mm-hmm. your voice are those are like tools that you have in your belt. And it's you, the contract that I signed to give away my soul to, to and Satan and the contract too. that you signed to give your soul away to the devil, Lucifer. You know he's the angel yeah, of music. Exactly, so. exactly. Yeah, right. and that <laughs> you can't forget that part. That's where you actually have to start. Um, we actually have to start this podcast over because we didn't start with acknowledging that shit. <laughs> oh my god. I'm done. <laughs> so, okay. Anyway, so you use the tools in your tool belt, including your contract with Lucifer. <laughs> so get low and listen. And you use those tools to respond. Um, now, the way that you respond is so much more about your essence than it is about, you know, mm. what what is like, I don't know. There's no like one right way to do it. So as you can see, strategy is like really is a creative process. Right. Like the way you do it is, is up to you. How you do it is, is up to you and what's in your tool belt. But the, the main activity, the main action is to be willing to listen and know Mm. that like by listening, you can discern um, what is going to come next. Hello, friend, and I am interrupting this beautiful conversation to let you in on a new program that we are launching this spring. Emergence is a four-week experience for creative entrepreneurs who desire to more deeply embody their medicine, because the truth is that your impact doesn't live in another product or an ebook or a course. Your impact lives within your presence. It's not in your social media follower count, the stage, or your coaching relationships, or in the number of people in any room you've led. Your impact lives within your presence. Your presence is so valuable. This program is especially for you if you long to connect to your people and to your inner knowing from a deeper perspective. You long to lead from your body and the very depths of your wonder. You long to dial in deeper to find more resonance with your community and with yourself and unlock a wise and wild and unhindered leadership with your community. This is not your typical business strategy container. We're not here to tell you exactly what to do. We're not here to help you hit that multiple six-figure year um, through very specific, for very specific for very specific reasons. We are here to radically support creative entrepreneurs. We're here to hold radical space for your voice to be unleashed in a way that really impacts your people and allows your light to shine through. We're here to support your journey into deeper self-trust through intuitive strategy transformative ritual work and narrative resetting supported by certified acceptance and integration training we begin on march 21st and we only have 20 spots available so we're so excited to invite you into this container where our entire ecosystem of trained facilitators and experienced strategists are here to support your goodness unfolding into the world and the way that you're wired and the way you long to be can't wait to be with you. Can't wait to sit with you and, and enjoy this process with you. I can't wait to be with you and, and to enjoy this accelerated container with you of goodness. 
You can find more information at www.braveschool.co slash emergence. We're so excited to see you in there. We only have 20 spots available. So definitely if you have any questions, feel free to ask. We're here for them. Thank you so much. See you there. Yeah, what I hear when we've been talking about it with our our ecosystem, one thing that popped up was strategy is surrender, is like a sweet surrender to like, I could never have it all figured out. So, and surrender looks like being quiet and listening and trust and faith and just like all these beautiful things that like, are actual practices though like they're virtues but they above it all are practices and it's like surrender is a, is an experiment it's not like this okay i surrender it's like letting letting like wonder in the unknown begin to kind of reveal back to you what you already know mm-hmm. um, deep down. Um, yeah, and I really like that. And I think also I just I kind of can't get out of my head this idea of <laughs> Lucifer. <laughs> <laughs> Luscious Lucy, one. that kind of came in my head. Anyways. Sweet Lucy. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the yes, I feel like that's, what were you going to ask? I was going to ask, for you, when was like, you know, your first like, yeah, I got, like, I, this is a part of my bones. Like, this is a part of, not even like, but can you, do you have like one moment that was like, I like, I, I, I fuck with this. Like, I love this. I, I'm going to, you don't defend strategy. You don't defend what you do. You just make a platform. And so it's like, when was the beginning of like, that's, you kind of already kind of touched on it a little bit, but I'm wondering if there was even like a deeper childhood thing, or even in your looking in your pondering your past lives or something like that. Yeah. Oh, that's a juicy question because Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of so many moments where this peaked out and I was like, oh, like this is who I get to be in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, And for those of you who are new to the podcast and haven't heard me talk about it, um, in human design, I'm a 2-4 emotional projector. And so projectors are actually known to be like innately strategic. That's just part of our design it's like composer conductor orchestration seeing it seeing seeing the the picture system yeah 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 um and when i was i i don't know when i was little um i'm gonna share a a story from when i was little and a story from a past life Hmm. um when i was little i had this relationship with with response that was um very like gemini um, in, in nature. Um, and this doesn't really seem like, you know, digital strategy, total like automatic connection, but it, it is a connection for me. And I want to share why. When I was in kindergarten, I um, was just kind of naturally good at 
like a lot of things I really loved to read and I loved to draw. I was like really creative. And so like I got the principles list a couple times and it was just something that naturally came out of me. I was like innately the really good girl, like sucked my thumb <laughs> and drew pictures and Sick. wrote the ligatures in all the right way. And that wasn't necessarily strategic. It was just like a part of my personality, right? It was just a part of me like to kind of see and be able to understand how to operate in the space. A little more observant. Yeah. But then I had this streak of justice in me. So it wasn't necessarily, none of that was about like a, like being the teacher's pet or anything like that. I just knew how to do it but I had this like streak of like justice inside of me where I was just like I already know that this is gonna fuck up my opportunity to go play on the play playground with everybody else and I'm okay with that because I usually sit and read and suck my thumb anyway or I allow myself to be chased around by this crush who doesn't want to admit that they have a crush on me but totally kissed me the, the other day but what's red what's happening what's their what's, name what I don't Terrence Terrence oh he peed on himself it was oh. kind of a bad situation so I was just like that's fine I don't Are you need talking him about anyway. your current love life or Oh, I'm talking oh. about my five-year-old love life. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> okay, so um, <laughs> when I was in kindergarten, I was just like thinking about it. I was like, what's happening right now in front of me is that this kid is picking on my best friend. And I just sat there and I just thought about all the consequences of what would happen and how I could possibly be knocked off of the principal's list and like stuff could happen that would be, you know, bad or whatever. But I definitely called his ass out and I was like, you need to stop picking on her. And I talked out of turn and I was just like, I feel like that is a part like that moment. There was another moment where my brother and I were walking home from school and these mofos decided to jump my brother. And yeah. I calculated the situation. It was like, they don't know that I will jump them too because I'm mm. quiet. I'm shy. I suck right. my thumb. I'm the teacher's there you pet. Go. And so I remember like watching it all unfold. And then I walked up behind them and I like leached mm. my body Come on on top of the bully and like mm -hmm. started pulling was him off of my brother. No, it's this is what it, it, mm -mm. Terrence okay. was kind of a wimp. It, Terrence, if you're listening <laughs> Terrence, to this podcast, we love if you. you found me. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. Oh my god. Um, so you latched then, on. To yeah. The back. And I pulled him off, and my brother was never basically the moral of the story. My brother was never picked on again. But I feel like so much of like who I am as a strategist is based off of what I feel like I'm allowed to have. Like I strategize yeah. for uh, the things I care about. <laughs> yeah. Everything else, <clears throat> everything else doesn't get a strategy. So if I love my brother and y'all are picking on him, I'm jumping your ass. Um, yeah. And I'm calculating the steps along the way. And I know exactly what to say to the teacher. This kind of makes me sound like a little, I don't know. Um, but I'm just going to leave that thought there. It may not make it into the podcast recording. Who knows? But that's <laughs> well, I mean, a huge... <laughs> this is, is five-year-old you. But I see, I see the thread here. 
Thank you. you. Okay. Because I see the thread. When I was 10, I started writing this book about how to be successful. Clearly a strategist in the making. (laughs) (laughs) Um, In my past life, I, I don't, um, I don't really talk about this much, but I had a past life regression um, Mm. where I found out that I was a priestess of this tribe called Aja, 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 Aja. That's what I heard in my mind. And I was sitting on the shore, like I was waking up in the hypnosis of the past life regression. And there was this fine ass man standing next to me and we had on bone and seed jewelry and we're sitting on the shore. And I was just like, wow, where the fuck am I? And I look at my clothes and I'm like, wow, it felt, it felt so real. It was like that deep in the hypnosis. I was like, I'm on the beach, yo. I'm in this like burnt orange ass dress. I'm like looking fly and fine with this fine ass brown ass man standing next to me. Mm. And it freaked me out. (laughs) Well, it freaked me out. So I woke up from it. And when I looked up Aja, I found out Mm. that this was um so the Aja people were the first like they were some of the first people to found um Vudan, which is the mm. root of like kudu voodoo um wow and they lived off the coast of benin and Where's i was that? just like okay that's in is. west africa okay and i was just like okay i was like a, like a priestess general of some kind cool Let's go. um then i also have this ancestor who is indigenous like royalty who literally is like standing over my shoulder in every reading people are like you have this one ancestor who's just like here for you and she's got this really big mm-hmm. presence and my ancestor's like yeah that's right bitch and she's <laughs> the one who t- <laughs> um she's the one who teaches me a lot about strategy actually she's the one who teaches me a lot about like stick of the coal frameworks like i'll wake up and have dreams of like diagrams in my mind of like these like really complex systems in my mind or like different ideas and that's from her like that's totally Mm -hmm. from her she's like waking up this aspect of me that is like deeply strategic and if i dare deny it it's like Mm, you're not doing that's not today there's discipline (laughs) like my ancestors like to discipline me sometimes um and i know it's them but yeah that was a long story of why and how i got to be here in this moment drooling over strategy because i love it so much what do you has she brought you into where she learned where she learned her strategy i mean i'm sure just from the earth Mm-hmm. Like it's like she teaches me and like reveals to me how strategic the earth is and how strategic mm. my body is. Naturally, like, yeah. Naturally, yeah. Because a lot of people don't know that I also have half of a high school education, and I, che- <laughs> I cheated my way into college because mm. I was homeschooled, and that was a whole situation. And I was you like, mean "Well, you didn't I'm going." Send them your how to be successful, book, and they <laughs> no, didn't just I, I... admit you right there. <laughs> They just no, give you a degree. They put me on the wait list. Emeritus. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I guess I didn't cheat my way into college, but I definitely didn't really have much of a high school education. And I worked my ass off to get the ACT scores to make it into college. But then I was mm. just like, it was just like a very strategic process of like trying to like <laughs> almost like get through the system. So that I can like make it out. And then right. part of also my strategic bone and body is that I snuck out of the house to get to college. 
Mm. And that's like a whole other story for a whole other separate podcast. <laughs> Bookmark. <laughs> but when I got here to Knoxville over, what, 10 years ago, um, I, I wasn't awake to myself to realize that that was a part of my wiring. Sure. Yeah. You know, you talking about college kind of reminds me of there was a lot of times where I was definitely being strategic because I was like, how can I do like the least amount of work and get the highest grade? You know, I'm like definitely my just apathetic, like ungrateful privilege showing just like this isn't something that I really want to do, but like mm. I think I should and and looking back on that has that's really powerful for me to realize and see like the sh like this natural that's probably why I have such a negative I've had such a negative view of strategy because I've used it in ways that weren't empowering and mm -hmm. weren't f natural um, and that's why I'm like I feel so yeah it's it feels like this natural story unfolding when mm -hmm. I hear you talk about it I'm like mm-hmm Mm. Yeah, it's like, for me, strategy is about what am I manifesting? Mm. It's right. not it's 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 not the process that I'm I'm necessarily obsessed with. But it is like, how do I manifest this in a really efficient way? Yeah. <laughs> and you mentioned earlier, like, you know, you you, you touched on success. Mm -hmm. And so I think it might be, uh, I'd like to hear what for you when in all this picture painting of strategy what like success might look like within this context mm -hmm. yeah i think for me su success looks like wholeness and being in integrity with what you're doing mm -hmm. um and when i say wholeness i mean like if you can do whatever it is that you're doing say I'm continuing for myself and continuing to partner with creatives and entrepreneurs to help them bring their vision to life. Success for me looks like I'm doing this in a way that honors my body and that honors my desires and, and needs. Yeah. Um, doing it in a wholehearted, wholesome way looks like I'm honoring the people around me. Um, I'm honoring the process of like, bringing these dreams from the dream space into reality um In it, integrating the intention mm -hmm. yeah like wow we 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 actually may talk more about this in another podcast episode but one of my favorite books that it's not in it's not you know overtly about strategy but it is about having a relationship with your desires it's it's the spontaneous fulfillment of desires by mm. Deepak Chopra and he talks about putting your your intention into basically the void into the field of limitless infinite possibility which is how I I mean there's so many different names for that space some people call it the Akash or the Akashic uh, field some people call it uh, book of life the book of life some people call it space some people yeah. call it the liminal space um, some people call it dark matter if you black know hole, yeah, for sure. black hole or some people call it um, heaven some people call it 
Uh, I call it Terrence. Terrence, if you're out there, <laughs> I really appreciate you. So <laughs> <laughs> I call it I call it the tension. Ooh. Because in the tension, and and you know, just bear with me with this metaphor. All of this life is held together in tension. Our atoms and cells are held together in tension. The heart, the body is held together in, in tension. And when you see and experience that, you see that there are voluntary and involuntary processes that are happening. There are processes that you are you have to be aware of, and there are processes that um, move and, and work without your awareness. They move and work in their own patterns without your awareness. They move and work in strategy. And I think of intentions this way. When we, we, we put our in intentions into the tension, right? We seed or sow our tensions into the soil of, of tension. We have the opportunity to see um, beauty rise forth. I believe that and, and if you've been around for a while, you've probably seen this like on my website or in social media somewhere, but profound beauty is found in the tension hmm. always. And it is, it's just waiting and just waiting for us to find it. Profound hmm. beauty is found in the tension and it is our mandate as creatives, as artists, as people to seek out the beauty and expose it to lay bare, to lay bare the beauty of our human connection, which is also that tension and the light of creative courage. So this willingness, again, this willingness to see it, this willingness to get low and listen, this willingness to be sovereign in the process and say, there's a part of this that I can take ownership of if I want to see my intention come to life. I am not at the mercy of divine will. I am divine will. Mm. And I can see my intentions come to life. Mm. This is why I think that manifestation also is not, you know, <laughs> a quote from uh, the, the murder of Mormons or whatever the documentary is called. It's not just boogledy boogledy. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you know what I'm talking about, you know what Everyone, I'm talking about. If you right. don't, you don't. Just uh, it's not just boogledy boogledy. Like manifestation is strategic. It is a design mm. process. It's not just abracadabra. It is abraca systems and processes yeah. <laughs> that are working on behalf of your intentions. You know, and this whole everything, all the analogies that I'm hearing you say, and well, truth too. Really, it's bringing to mind a couple things. You're talking about. I'll. I'll start from where you are now and go backwards but like you're talking about manifestation mm -hmm. and Thich Nhat Hanh I think that's how you say his first name mm. he's this incredible Buddhist teacher he's like 94 now and he's still giving talks and he's like walking around and he's like killing it <laughs> and he was him and Martin Luther King Jr. had a relationship he's an incredible person and he talks about how everything you know, he has a book called No Fear, No Death. And it's all mm. about how there is no death because it's just time. We're just, there's just time to manifest. Mm -hmm. so currently we're manifesting. I'm manifesting as this body and this mm -hmm. personality and you're manifesting as that. And there's all these entities, Brave School is an entity and it's just like manifesting as what it is right now. And so that's where you can kind of reside and there's no fear because if it's time, it's time. 
And so human, you're talking about manifesting and it's like, we act like we don't know how to do it, but we're literally doing it just like naturally right now. Yeah. Like we're we are the manifestation. <laughs> yes. Um, so when, when I hear you say, get close to the ground, like be quiet and be still, all you're doing is just understanding yourself. You're giving yourself space to understand who you really are. Mm -hmm. And then going back a little further, you know, you're talking about the tension. It's reminding me of dissonance in music and like the most beautiful chords are the major sevens and the nines and the diminished and the half diminished. And they create this tension that pulls you in of more than just this perfectly, these things fitting into perfect space. And so I, not only is it, the void um, is the canvas, but the tension placed upon the canvas mm -hmm. is also like that beauty. If that is translating, if I'm manifesting meaning, you know, <laughs> right now, someone yeah. tell me. <laughs> I just, yeah, because like there's already this big conversation about manifestation and we don't have to go into it here, but like it, it's, it's gotten murky. Like, you know, are we manifesting yachts? Sure you know, and like, what's the moral, is there a moral code to manifesting is, is does manifesting only belong to a certain group of people? Mm -hmm. And what freed me, especially in that rogue wild boy year of 2019 was realizing that um, manifestation belongs to no one, that we are all manifesting processes walking around. We're all bodies that are manifesting all the time and sometimes we manifest realities in ways um we we are so innately strategic because like you can say something like you know i'm a total mess or i'm a klutz and then all of a sudden you find yourself breaking your toe true story for me and then the next week breaking another fucking toe <laughs> or dropping something really valuable and it's like you're tuning your body so you, you like you, even like with language so you deciding these are the next steps forward or this is what I am or this is how I will identify you're like tuning your body to respond to what you say you're going to do that's strategy yeah it's kind of not overthinking it yeah it's just getting out of the way like mm -hmm. letting your ego get out of the way i think and... so too and i think too like i don't want to like make it seem like it's it has to be like one two three simple process all sure. the time because it's not no. i think that there is complexity can be beautiful because we are complex yeah. and you know i can't sit here and explain to you why my body does all the things that it does mm. but it does it and it keeps me alive yeah. And if something goes wrong in my strategic process of my innate strategic process, I go to the doctor and they like fix a part of the process or something or a healer or whatever. They respond to what they are listening for. That's all strategic. It's 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 like tuning the body to become aware of its own creative process. Mm. And when we start to do that on a larger scale, like for businesses or projects, it's still an embodied process. I don't know why we don't think it, it is. You are tuning the body to become aware of your creative process mm -hmm. in every stage of development. Yeah. That's great.
Mm-hmm. Maybe to like kind of close it out on a final note, Davy, and I'd love to like hear maybe some of your thoughts too. Deepak Chopra says that all of nature is a symphony and we are a part of it. And I think that's true of strategy. It just makes so much sense that we would be strategic with the way that we show up to manifest our dreams, to be intentional yeah. about what we call forth and see unfold in this lifetime. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that, you know, when we can, when I can like, remember to let go of thinking I can think my way through something Mm -hmm. to the extent of identification. Like, you know, I'm, I use my mind, I let my mind flourish, but I don't let my fear, my ego get in the way by saying, but what about this? But, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. And, you know, that's, that's fear talking. And when Mm -hmm. I read a quote like that, all of nature is a symphony and we are a part of it. It's like, yeah, like, cool. I don't know necessarily, I can't define my part. Mm -hmm. It's undefinable and that's awesome. Mm -hmm. And as long as I kind of remember that and accept that, I, that's the beauty of it is I get to unfold in mm-hmm. this symphony and I manifest in like this cool, like maybe I'm manifesting in the symphony as a trombone or a timpani. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I want to be like a, I don't know, like a mm-hmm. cool bass line or a saxophone, <laughs> sexy mm-hmm. sax man. <laughs> maybe that's my ego. And if I can just say like, whoa, wait, 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 maybe I do mm-hmm. have no clue what mm-hmm. I'll actually be and i think that's where the strategy starts to come in it's like okay cool well, like mm-hmm. now that you recognize that you could never fucking know the whole story mm-hmm. here we go mm-hmm. yeah i think that's what's the beauty is of being a part of these bodies these finite forms mm. is that like the the mind can never know the end of all things, but we can perceive what we mm. think might be eternity. We can perceive yeah. and begin to experiment with what we think might be next. Uh, we can call forth our desires. We can yes. desire things and say, I wonder what it would look like, feel like if this were in front of me. Um, and I think that's kind of where the gentleness of strategy is. It doesn't have to be this astringent process of like trying to make it all happen, but it can say, it can be, you know, I desire something. I desire something yeah. that I may have never had, or maybe I desire to experience something again. And this is where the um, the unimaginable becomes to, it, it becomes this like gentle force of like, your mm. wish is granted, you know, like it's, it's, it's strategy. It was already granted. It was already granted. Like owning your desires is part of the process, but what would you like to see? Mm. Um and just submitting to this, like being a part of the full mm. symphony, the full equation and, and yeah. walking in that dance. So we got really esoteric about strategy, <laughs> um, but to put it simply, a strategy is just what happens next. Mm. Um, and 
we're experimenting with it all the time. That's the beauty of strategy that we get to experiment with this life and try things. And that trying is how we sow the intention of, I want to see something manifest. I want to see my desires come to life and let's see if it can happen this way. Hell yeah. Never at ease. I don't know a limit. Chasing the dream. I don't know what sleep. I got a queen. She let me to eat it. She break like a peach and she snapped me to snip it. We well overdue for that link up and push. Text me to fall through a spider. She wrote it. Still up with courage to do the service. Pull up to the crib. I'm a quick with the best strokes. Cut through for the low low when no love goes. Thank you so much for listening to the Brave School Podcast. You can find us on the internet at braveschool.co. You can also find us on Instagram at braveschool.co and find me, your resident story doula at the story doula on Instagram. I'm so excited to serve you. Thank you for being here, friend.